Today's gospel is but one single sentence. The shortest gospel, in fact, of the whole liturgical year. In her wonderful book on the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, Evelyn Underhill speaks of the divine energy of the liturgic gospel. She says that when the gospel is proclaimed in Medio Ecclesiae, an immense divine power is unleashed on the church. When the gospel is proclaimed in the midst of the church, the grace of Christ is deployed in the most powerful way. This deployment of the grace of Christ is in no way relative to the length of the gospel. Even a single word of the gospel proclaimed in the midst of the church deploys, unleashes this divine energy, this all-sufficient grace of Christ that purifies like a fire that heals like the application of a bomb, that transforms and transfigures. In fact, what St. Thomas Aquinas says concerning the sacred species can be applied to the Holy Gospel. You will recall that in the sequence the Mass of Corpus Christi, parentheses here, today we begin the jubilee year of the institution of the Feast of Corpus Christi. In his sequence, the Lauda Sion for that feast, St. Thomas teaches that one receiving but a tiny fragment of the sacred host receives the whole Christ as much as one receiving the entire host. This is a splendid way of approaching the Word of God as well. It's not the quantity of sacred scripture that we ingest that makes it purifying and healing and transforming. It is rather the power of the grace of Christ that is concealed and revealed in that word. Back in the 1800s, in the Carmel of Tours in France, there was a nun named Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre. She was a close friend of Monsieur Dupont, 
who was known in his day as the holy man of Tug. And he was in uh, communication with all of the great figures of his day, with Abbot Guéranger, notably Solène. And Monsieur Dupont and Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre contrived this very significant devotional practice by which today's gospel, that single-sentence gospel, would be inscribed on a tiny piece of parchment and then enclosed in a little locket, or rather stitched up in something that, in fact, resembles a kind of scapular. And this single-sentence gospel that gives us the name of Jesus, this single-sentence gospel enclosed in this hand-stitched little locket, would then be distributed as a pious token to the faithful. Astonishingly, or not so astonishingly, these little pious tokens containing the little gospel became hugely popular. The Carmelites' fingers were worn to the bone, stitching up these little pious lights. Now, it's not because people were so taken with the idea of having a little hand-stitched token, but rather because in receiving that and in carrying it on their person, these people began to experience the reality of the name of Jesus. Jesus, God, saves which means God stoops down to us to lift us up out of the muck and misery of our lives. God would rescue us and hold us, pressing us against his heart. God saves means God makes whole what is fragmented. How many times have you had the impression of your life falling to bits? I've had it. And when one has that impression that one's life is falling to bits, that one is coming apart, as it were, the name of Jesus brings us back together, restores wholeness, restores integrity, purifies, disinfects the scars left by old sins. Sometimes, long after we have stopped sinning in a particular way, there is a residue 
of those sins that remains infected. And every now and then, we experience, spiritually, a kind of low-grade fever. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but a kind of low-grade spiritual fever. Not burning with the love of God, but an uncomfortable sensation that would indicate that this old wound that we thought healed is in fact still infected. When the name of Jesus is applied like a bomb to that wound, the power of that holy name disinfects the wound. There is no more efficacious spiritual disinfectant than the adorable name of Jesus. For years now, I have taken to saying hundreds of times in the course of the day that beautiful invocation prayed by the English and Irish martyrs that even today is inscribed in the Martyrs' Chapel at Tyburn on the replica of the gallows. Jesu, 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 esto miki Jesus. Jesus, 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 be to me a Jesus. Which means, Jesus, 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 do for me and in me what thy name signifies. God saves. The invocation of the name of Jesus, the Eastern monastic fathers teach us this eloquently. The invocation of the name of Jesus not only disinfects, not only heals, not only purifies, but it is transforming, transfiguring, and I shall even say divinizing. The invocation of the name of Jesus in faith allows us to experience the grace of baptism, that grace that flourishes anew so often as we receive the holy mysteries, that grace by which we are what? Jesus is by nature. Sons, sons in the Son. Sons who are cherished, cared for. Sons of the Father. Sons set free to live in newness of life. This is what Abbot Marmion meant when he said, we are by grace what Christ is by nature. And so this little gospel of today, even if you don't have it transcribed on a tiny piece of parchment and stitched up in a locket to carry over your heart, you can do better than that. You can inscribe today's little gospel in your heart and carry it inwardly 
In so doing, you will bear the sacred imprint of the name of Jesus. And bearing the sacred imprint of that name, you will experience its healing power. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.